What is Demystifying Research? Hosted by me, Kelly Harris. And me, Catherine Hoyt. Demystifying Research is a space where we dialogue on training, careers, and all things research. Everything from is research right for me to thinking about applications, mentorship, which research degree is right for me, handling failure and rejection, CVs versus resumes, and funding. This is a space where we engage in discussions around the questions we all have or have had when considering a career in research and science. As clinician scientists, we seek to answer questions and address issues that aren't clearly addressed in more formal spaces, things that weren't addressed in our clinical training, questions that we may not know how or where to begin to seek answers. This is not a space only for scientists and researchers, but for anyone who may be interested in science and research. We're so glad you've joined us. Let's dive in. <laughs> All right. Well, we are so excited to have a conversation today about interviewing and particularly interviewing for a position in a PhD program and for research training. We're excited to have Dr. Lisa Connor joining us today to have this conversation. Would you like to introduce yourself, Dr. Connor? And how would you like us to refer to you throughout the conversation? For sure. Um, my father-in-law is Dr. Connor, so I don't really, I've never seen myself. That's Dr. Connor. That's so I much prefer Lisa. Um, I'm the director of the OT entry level program at Washington University. Um, I'm professor of um, OT and neurology. Um, I guess I'm the Elias Michael professor. I guess that's my formal title. Um, and I'm associate dean for occupational therapy at the Washington University School of Medicine. Um, I have, I don't know, about 30 years in, of experience in academia, and um, most of those are focused on graduate students. I really haven't taught undergraduate students very much, or had very much to do with undergraduate students, but a whole lot to do with graduate students. What's your area of research? My research is focused on community reintegration after stroke. I'm really interested to understand what are the barriers and facilitators to people resuming their pre-stroke lives and um, how can we as occupational therapists think about intervening to support people in their daily life and daily function, especially participation, doing those things that people really enjoy doing, that they want to do, that they need to do, and doing those to the fullest. Um, despite any obstacles they experience due to the stroke itself. Sounds very OT. <laughs> um, so we're here today to talk about interviews. I feel like it is interview season when we think about graduate school, right? Um, and I guess, you know, when we think about interviews, like the first thing be before I embarked upon a research career or graduate school, the first thing I thought about was jobs. But I think, you know, we're going to speak specifically about um graduate school interviews and specifically PhD interviews, but a lot of what we discussed and a lot of the resources are probably applicable beyond this particular context, right? Um, so yeah, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what to expect, how to prepare, and just I think anything that might kind of come to mind um, about interviewing. Mm -hmm. So Catherine, you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, so I guess when do PhD interviews happen? Does everybody do an interview? Does every program do interviews? 
these days, almost everyone does an interview. I think the kinds of interviews that happen are different from program to program. So um, kind of depends on the scope of the program. We have in our PhD program that we have in participation science PhD program, we have a lot of international students. Um, so interviewing looks a little bit different than um, some other programs where the folks are more local. Um, it used to be expected that you would show up on the doorstep for an interview and um, at least meet with your potential mentor, if not a committee of people. And that's really changed, especially you know, as we've adapted during the pandemic to a different way of being um, online, on Zoom, um, et cetera. And it's opened up a whole world of possibilities for how interviews are um, and how they can, uh, how they look and feel. Yes, how well. long do they typically last, would you say? Do you think they're long, short? Yeah, typically, uh, first of all, the season, I didn't answer your question earlier, the season is about now. So now is January, February. Um, that's typically when people are interviewing for students um, and um, expecting them to enroll in the fall. So, you know, the timeline is long and, you know, the application timeline, which I'm sure you've already dealt with in another episode, um, is usually somewhere in December, January, early January, and this is sort of the next step. So we look at those applicants and quickly, as quickly as we can, decide um, who we're going to interview. But now I've forgotten another question. <laughs> I think, like, also... Maybe for rehabilitation science, looking at that, how are the interviews typically just like a one-off, like just a short interview or a full day thing? Does that vary between programs or degrees? Well, it does vary between pr programs and degrees. Um, in my other experience, it was psychology. And those interviews were typically, um, they may bring in a person or a group of potential students and kind of bring them in for a day and have them meet with a bunch of different people and perhaps a committee, um, maybe have a candidate dinner and then send you on your merry way. I think these days um, it's more like an hour. So if your interview is not, um, it's not a whole day, it's pretty much a one hour in your life, be over Zoom, um, and that pretty much um, determines, you know, how it's all going to go. And I think the other thing to emphasize is that the interview is not going to make or break you. Um, the pe reason you're getting interviewed is because people think that you are a person of interest, right? That you have some basic qualifications and experiences that line up with the program that you're applying to. So you're asked for an interview because we think you're somebody who has a lot of promise. So an interview is a piece of information. It's not the entirety of the information, but we want to kind of check in, check to see how, you know, what, what are you like as a person? Um, I do, do in fact, um, your, the things that you um, indicated on paper kind of line up with the answers that you provide um, in the interview situation, 
And, um, you know, we're just thinking about how able you are to succeed in a program like ours. So you mentioned um, you might meet with people individually or a committee of folks. Um, how is that decision made, like whether you have individual meetings and who you meet with? And I asked this question thinking about my own experience in education. I got invited for an interview and then asked for a list of people that I wanted to meet with. And so I was like, I, well, I, I don't know. I have to, you know, I had to sit and think about that. And so I had some choice in that. And then there were folks on the list, obviously, that I, that, you know, I didn't get to select. So I, could you talk a little bit about the differences in that aspect? Um. I guess there's two sides of it, right? One side is from the program and the other one's from the individual, right? So I would say, and you probably talked about this already too, I think one of the key things is for you to have done some research about the program you've applied to. And that's, you know, that's true as you're applying, but it's also true as you're interviewing. Like, okay, I have this candidate they, I, all I have is a piece of paper that has some qualifications, you know, their grades, their um, statement of interest, and that's it. <laughs> How do I then tell, is this person going to be right for my lab? And sometimes, and, you know, I would actually encourage this, if there are people that you are very interested in, even as you're applying or thinking about their lab, contact them and set up a one-on-one discussion. It can be a Zoom meeting um, to really try to get the answers to the questions that are important to you um, about the fit. You know, is this the area of research that I really want to devote my life to? What's the context of the program? You know, the curriculum might be there on the webpage, but what other things do I need to know about that? What kinds of qualities um, are you interested in as the PhD mentor um, in the students that are in your lab. You know, what are sort of your expectations, your um, uh, your hopes and dreams for the student um, that, that come to your lab? So ask people first. I think the interview is more about fit for the program overall. And often um, that's done in a group. So somebody contacts me and we decide it's a great fit and I'd love to have that person in my lab the following year. You know, we've had a conversation. They feel the same way. I'm going to encourage them to go through the regular channels. I don't have any special wand to admit you without going through the process. So apply. And then the interview kind of helps us, you know, confirm what we already have, you know, suspicion of based on your application. So what kind of questions answer that question, you know, like, you know, determine that good fit, right? What, what are some common questions that are things that programs want to know about people? Um, I think one of the first questions that I would expect as an interviewee to be asked Tell me about yourself. And that could be the very hardest question. That's the that's supposed to be an icebreaker. <laughs> okay, here's how it will play out. We'll go around the room and introduce ourselves as the faculty. And it'll be a one-liner. And then we'll say, okay, Jane, why don't you tell us about yourself? Um, what brought you to our program? And 
you know, what are the things that interest you about us? And you'll be frozen. <laughs> it's good. Hardest question. <laughs> it's good to have a, you know, a chance to think about that outside of the interview context. And if you are frozen, start writing things down. Don't read a script in the actual interview, but do have a chance to jot some notes down or, you know, what are the three things that I can say about why I'm interested in this program? Um, you know, so that's that's the very first question you're always asked. The, sec- the next kind of questions are program by program people um, ask, but I would prepare to talk about what are the experiences that you've had um, that interest you in research and especially um, any relevant experience in a lab? That's going to help us understand better how prepared you are for, for PhD study. Um, and then what are your career goals overall? And I'll tell you for our program, one of the things we're really interested in hearing is have you really thought through what career you're going for? You know, different PhD programs are really focused on different kinds of preparation for different kinds of careers. So the folks that come to our program, we are here to train people who want to be independent scientists as their career. So when somebody says, I want to advance my clinical career and, you know, be in line for an administrative position, that's that's not a good fit for our program. There may be other programs that that's a perfectly wonderful fit for, but know what the goal of the overall program is so that you know whether your career trajectory and your career aspirations line up with that program, um, the thrust of that program. If it doesn't line up, no one is going to be fooled <laughs> and you won't be happy. You know, so it's not a good place for you. Um, so think that through. Um, then sort of down into a, a little bit, you know, next level down in terms of um, of thinking is, is there somebody that whose lab really lines up with mine, with my interests? And, you know, you might not have your interests really well articulated, but, you know, let's say I'll just, since you two both do work with kids, I'll pretend like you are not in our program. And I would say, oh, my interests are very pediatric focused and there's no one on the faculty that does work in peds. Then I wouldn't apply to that program. You know, your needs won't be met by mentorship from people that aren't in your your general area of interest. Um, If you have something more specific, if you're interested in you know, one of our um, faculty is very interested in um, sort of the biomechanical aspects um, of recovery from stroke. Then you're going to talk to him and not to me. Because <laughs> if you looked at my my webpage right off the bat, you'd see mm, she doesn't really do much on the biomechanical end. And I'd also ask myself, how well does my interest in biomechanics fit with the overall thrust of this program, given that um, 
it has participation science in the title. You know, so so those are some you know, what seem to be really obvious, but when you're in the heat of the moment applying to programs and figuring out what's next for you, you might think, oh, that seems to be pretty good. But when we get into the interview and you're all you're talking about is something that is not related to the types of things that we can offer, then we won't be serving your goals by by coming to our program. And, and we probably won't um, want to invest our resources, which is your stipend, <laughs> and our training time in trying to develop somebody whose interests aren't really directly related to the folks in our program actually do. That was really helpful. One, I think for a lot of people that are thinking about preparing for an interview, and one of the things I really heard you say a lot is it's about finding a fit. So mm -hmm. more than ranking or even title of the degree, it's finding that fit with the program goals and the mentor goals um, and identifying what those might be and the, and the things that you need to succeed and reach what you personally want to achieve. But I also heard you say, you know, that once that you've gotten to this interview phase, people have already seen your application. So so you're a strong applicant already. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know that a lot of people, myself included, you know, when we go into interviews, it uh, most people probably experience some type of anxiety or um, nerves <laughs> related, <laughs> like nerves related to to being asked a bunch of questions by people that that you're hoping will um, work with you into the future. What would you say stands out or in really good interviews or really makes an interview come across as as um, somebody that's interested and committed in, in, in moving forwards? Um, I mean, someone who's really taken the time to look into the person who, that they, they intend to work with. You know, obviously, there are just the basics on the web page about what everybody's doing and about what the curriculum is. But if I hear somebody... Um, talk about in some details of my work that can't be gotten from my from the web page, I'm impressed. I'm like, okay, they actually read a paper. That's really great. And I re I recognize that if you were applying to many programs and you were getting interviews at many programs, it's kind of a full-time job to try to read the papers of everybody you might be interested in working with. But if you can show that you've really done your homework, quote unquote, that, you know, you investigated the, the, um, the program and the individuals that you may work with. Um, I think that's a sign of being um, committed to the program. Um, I think the other thing is we don't expect you to have all the answers. You're about be an eager learner. I think that's another thing that impresses me. When somebody, I don't expect you to come in here with PhD level accomplishments. I really don't. That's what you're here to do is learn and develop those accomplishments over the course of our doctoral program. Not We're not expecting you to really have all the answers. So the eagerness to learn and the excitement about um, your future career is, is something that really impresses me. So I, I feel like I've heard both of you actually say, kind of hit on this, but, you know, by the time people get to an interview, they, you've read their application, you kind of know what they've done, right? And I think we go into to interviews a lot of times thinking like, we've got to run down our whole, you know, CV or 
a list for, for them. And what I hear you saying is like, I want to hear you be able to talk about who you are, what you want, and maybe why those experiences mattered more so than, you know, giving out your list of kind of what you've done or not. Because by the time you get to that point, that program already feels like you've got the right experience or, you know, close to the right experience and really wants to hear more about you. Is that fair? Yes. And I've also seen people go too far, you know, so you're giving an example of really doing a laundry list of all the things that qualify you. I would rather see somebody do a deeper dive into a few key uh, formative experiences that say to me, oh, this person has some discernment in knowing what was critical in their thinking or critical in their development that um, sort of indicates that they will bring discernment as a student. You get a fire hose of information that comes at you and your student. How are you going to know what's important? So apply that same kind of principle to what you choose to talk about in your interview. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, kind of interview question content and and what, you know, what to talk about and not talk about. But um, when we think about preparing for interviews, uh, we, we also have the logistics, right? Like, what do I wear? And, you know, how polished do my responses have to be? Um, and I think Zoom probably blurs that just a little bit. I was thinking when you were talking about taking notes how maybe that's easier in, in Zoom, right? You can kind of be jotting down notes on the side and everyone doesn't have to know exactly what you're writing or what you're doing. But but yeah, how should should folks think about preparing in terms of their own presentation? Um, okay, one of the things that's over the top that I would recommend you not do. <laughs> I want to know. A lot of couple people do it. Of course, they survived. They, you know, one of those students is in our program. It's not a fatal flaw, I'll just say. But, I, you know, I don't know. They, the person over-prepared, they actually present prepared a PowerPoint presentation about my work, okay, and ran me through all the reasons why they'd be an ideal student in my lab because of, the, you know, that they resonated with them, the work that I was doing, and they cited parts of my papers. And honestly, it was kind of embarrassing to me. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, that I, this wasn't supposed to be that kind of a homework assignment, really. Um, I'm looking for the human person. <laughs> I want to know more about the human um, and know that you are all smart and capable people that you know, given the right opportunity, you can grasp our material and do really well in our environment. I'm, you know, I'm sure of that. But what is it about you? You know, who are you? Um, you know, what are your interests outside of academia? That's always kind of fun. Of course, don't share anything you don't care to share. We we respect those boundaries. But I want to hear about, you know, the things that that are interesting to you because um, it's a sign of, of people having interests. <laughs> and um, I think that's helpful to um, understand better what, what makes somebody tick or, you know, some sort of experience that they've had that is interesting and, and um, 
have some something that they can bring to us um, to educate us in a new way. I think that's always great. I think the reason I like knowing some of those things or like thinking about that is, at least for me anyways, doing a PhD was really, really hard, not just you know, intellectually, but emotionally. And, you know, it was hard on the rest of my life too. So um, I think knowing that people have other areas of their life and, you know, they're going to make be okay. <laughs> yes. Um, the other part is I'm immediately starting to think about other people that I know with that interest that I can introduce a student to. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want them to be lonely and alone here in St. Louis. Um you know, not being able to fulfill those things that they really, that really sustain them during these, you know, difficult times. You know, it's very, PhD work is just hard. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, you have to take a lot of classes that you might not absolutely love (laughs) because you'll need the skills. Um, uh, There, it's a little bit different. You're completely focused on one thing um, and it's, well, you know, it's quite consuming. So I want to see that um, the student will be able to, um, you know, to make their way here and that we can connect them with others to kind of help them through this process. I'm listening. I just, I think um, that's such an important piece, right? So I think like a understanding kind of why the, the, why folks might want to know more about individuals, I think is important. But then I'm also thinking, you know, for outside of our program, right? When when um, prospective students are looking at programs, maybe it's telling if you're in an interview and nobody's interested in who you are, right? Like, um, because in many ways, students are interviewing programs in the same in the same way, right? Am I a good fit for this program? But also, is this program a good fit for me? And right. so, thinking about um, what does it mean when you know no one took interest in you, or you know, if something like that happens, maybe. So thinking about those on both ends, I guess, is what I was thinking about when I was listening to you talk is that, you know, yes, it's important to know that the folks that you will be working with for the next, you know, five-ish years of your life, right, um, care about who you are. And it's equally important to know if if perhaps they don't, and, and that might be an environment, but that might be challenging. I agree. And I think, you know, this point about you're interviewing them is really an important point that we shouldn't gloss over. That's um, can you imagine yourself as you're interviewing? Are you getting excited about the program? Are you, um, you know, meeting people that you think you could work with? Um, you know, you're interviewing them as well as them interviewing you. And I know that sounds cliche because, you know, when there's a power differential, you always feel like, well, you know, it's really up to them. Uh, it's not up to me. But that's absolutely not true in this instance. You're going to be spending a lot of time and blood, sweat, and tears in your program. Um, you feel, and need to feel like it's a good place for you and a supportive environment for you and your work. I think that's that's a really important thing. So you can't underestimate um, how much you need to resonate with the program as well. And I think, you know, when we get to sort of the end, I only I kind of stopped after like the first question at the very beginning you asked me what questions people ask and the one of the things that'll happen at the very end is the program should ask you if you have any questions um and during that time if you haven't heard things 
um, about you know the humanity, that's the time to ask those questions, right? So, um, you know, what's it like for a graduate student? You know, do students typically live nearby campus? Is there are there student organizations that graduate students are part of? Um, you know, are there social activities that the program um, hosts? You know, those are the kinds of things. You know, what's it like to live in St. Louis? Something really simple like that can really help kind of break through this, um, you know, this barrier between you and the folks that are in India. I think it's a really healthy type of question to ask at the end. Of course, if you have other questions, feel free. I kind of use that one as my last question if I'm in, a, in an interview situation. Um, other thing I wanted to address that Catherine mentioned a while back is nerves. And that is, we all expect students to, that, that they will be nervous. So I know that um, it doesn't feel that way. You know, you're in a situation, you feel like you're a bug under a magnifying glass. <laughs> But we expect you to be nervous, and we're hoping that as we move along, you warm up. So that's why we ask a question about you and tell us more about you first, is to try to help you know you feel more comfortable. You know, who knows about you more than you do. I want to jump back just a, a little bit to the question, the part about you know, do you have any questions for us? Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's like an opportunity, but I often hear people say like, you must have at least a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah. yeah, that is true because, you know, part of science is curiosity. So I'm also looking for curiosity and it would be really surprising to me if you didn't even have a question about you know, what the living situation is like in the city where you'd be moving to. But of course you would, especially if you're a student coming from across the globe. You're going to have questions about that. Um, and the other thing I would ask at the very end is, are there students in your program that I can talk to? Um, I think that would be, an, you know, and it could be a follow-up Zoom. It could be email. Um, something that gives you an indication of, our students generally, I mean, happy is a really tricky word in graduate school. <laughs> do they feel supported? And um, and are you, you know, feel, do they feel like they're accomplishing their goals? I would say those are good questions. Um, and, you know, is the, you know, what's the vibe of the faculty? You know, how, how do the faculty, do the faculty get along with one another? Those kinds of questions for the students are really good questions. And if you have a particular person you want to work with, I would ask them for the names of their graduate students. And if they don't want to provide them, that also tells you something. You know, that they can answer questions about, you know, is this person warm, friendly, inviting, supportive, um, giving them what they need in terms of their scientific development? Um, do they have good connections with other people at the university that can also help if they have interests that are outside of the lab? You know, those are kinds of questions that the graduate students are going to be ideally suited. And of course, all the living questions about coming to the city and how to get find an apartment and all of those questions that you're going to know. 
Yeah, you brought up another good point. Like if you're coming from across the globe, you know, what types of supports does the university have? You know, I think there's a lot of questions about that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I think asking to talk to students gets some things that, you know, mentors may not be aware of or be thinking about also. Mm -hmm. uh, That's really important. So. Yeah, I think it's hard, you know, it's hard when you're, especially not in person to kind of get a feel for a program, if you will. And so I think, um, yeah, that's an important point because I think talking to students helps you get some of that feel. Even, you know, even if you are in person, it's hard to sometimes get a feel, right? The, every day is different. You never know what you'll get when you walk on campus. I think the other thing to ask graduate students is what are they working on? Because then that will help you also understand better what's that lab like. If they're not working on something, what are they doing? <laughs> and topics, right? So what are the kinds of topics that they're, that they're working on? I think that's a good question, you know, to ask, to ask people. Are there, is there any question about interviewing that you think we haven't asked or other things that you'd like to add? What are we missing? Um, I think one of the interview questions you should be prepared to address is a question about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because that what's your personal values that are guiding you in the realm of DEI? Um, how can you bring something to our program um, that we don't might not necessarily have or know about you? What are the kinds of um, efforts that you feel committed to? Even inside or outside the classroom that are going to show up here in your PhD program. I think those are all things just to think about. You know, you, I won't say you, you will get asked, but you may get asked. And um, I think that's also a healthy indicator of the kind of place that you may find yourself if they do ask those questions. I was just thinking about the, if they don't ask, that's also yeah. an indicator, right? And that, um, I, th I mean, I think we're better about this, but I think that oftentimes if we don't feel like, um, think about how to word this, if we don't come from an underrepresented background that, oh, maybe that question doesn't pertain to me is a myth. And that, you know, um, regardless of your background, that's something you should be, you should expect to be asked. Um, and some consideration of how, um, because DE&I, it, it impacts everybody, right? It pertains to all of us. And so, you know, if you've not thought about how you should before an interview, perhaps. Because yeah. you don't get caught flat-footed, not having thought thought it through, and or say that it doesn't pertain to you. And if, you know, if that's what you're coming up with, then I would encourage you to think more in depth about the issue and whether it does pertain to you and how, exactly how. Yeah, and maybe have a little bit of, you know, I feel like institutions um, more generally now have something on their website about what they're doing. And so if you're really wanting to go somewhere, do you think it's a good, you know, a good idea for folks to have to have a sense of what that institution is or, you know, is talking about or, or is saying about their plans okay. or goals? Um, Awesome. I think this has been excellent. There's a lot of 
um, wonderful gems in this conversation today. I think I learned some things um, for sure. Probably things I wish I knew, right? When I was interviewing. Um, Same. But, right? So yeah, I guess if you don't have any other kind of last thoughts, um, we will wrap up. We do have a few resources that we'll make sure that we post um, with the episode. Just, you know, kind of some general interviewing tips. But I think... Um, thinking about a lot of the questions that Lisa shared with us today and, and just, you know, kind of what programs want to know about you as an interviewee is really the thing to think about as opposed to, um, you know, selling yourself. The application's already done. That was kind of a key takeaway for me, right? You know, your application has really sold you. And so you're, you're being invited in because, because the program is interested. So thinking about how to capitalize on that as an opportunity. So thank you so much, Lisa, for taking the time to join us today. This is an excellent conversation. Hopefully this is really helpful for folks who are now in their own interview season. Thank you for joining us today. Check out our other episodes to hear more. You can find the first season on YouTube under Washington University Program and Occupational Therapies channel under the First Fridays for OT Research playlist. And more episodes of Demystifying Research linked under the Research tab on the Washington University OT webpage at ot.wustl.edu. That's ot.wustl.edu. Send us your ideas for future episodes at Demystifying Research.